RCR with Chantal Baker, Reality Check Radio. Now, I have met an amazing woman called Ivana. She is probably the best hairdresser in New Zealand, and I don't say that lightly. She's absolutely incredible. You should check out her Instagram. It's Ivana Sanders, and she's a hairdresser. She does predominantly wedding hairstyles. She does courses and trains hairstylists from all around New Zealand, and she's now heading over to Aussie to run masterclasses on what you can do for wedding hair, which sounds like a nightmare to me because I know brides can be very difficult to work with and very pedantic, but she does a phenomenal job. And she is going to interview with me in just a second and you'll get to hear her story about her injury, what it was like going through that, what it's like working in such such a competitive industry where you're working nonstop with your hands and what do you do? You can't fake it. There's nothing that you can do to get around the fact that you can't work anymore. So... So, like, I've had people now call me, like, an anti-vaxxer, which I'm not because when I went and had that first one, I... I'd, I've been vaccinated my whole life. My children are vaccinated. So I didn't even think. I didn't do any research. I just booked it, took my um, 13-year-old son with me, thinking we were doing the right thing. And he was super nervous. And I literally had to hold his hand because he was so nervous. And I forced him to do it because I was like, you're getting it done, like, you know. Um, and so we did it. And, yeah, so I... I'm I'm definitely no anti-vaxxer, but now I'm very cautious about any vaccine after what happened to me. So it's I I hate that term because I think what they do is they demonise and they make derogatory comments about a big group of people that are very justified and why they don't want it in terms of they've researched different chemicals, they might react to things, that justified. But not only that, you also group a whole lot of people that have gone and gotten the jab. So clearly they're not <laughs> they're not anti it. If they've got no, it, exactly. they put it in their body. They're obviously not against it, but yeah. they shouldn't be demonised either when they have a reaction and they try and say, hey, I've had a reaction. Yeah. Because for me, if it's if there's a product that has... That, that causes a lot of fault that has a lot of faults in it and causes a lot of problems you review the product right mm, like yeah. if a car has airbags that go off you, you it gets get the recalled exactly yeah exactly they get recalled they fix it but with this product that is a new product you're not even allowed to say that there might be a problem mm. because then you're demonized and put into a box and everything mm. is disinformation even though yeah give it time and then it turns out that a lot of the comments seem to just come full force back another one that I liked the other day was what by one news and it was saying how a lot of a lot of patients are saying that the flu is now worse and has been a lot worse for them than COVID and six months ago if anyone said that they'd get all their pages taken down and it just seems this constant yo-yo effect and a lack of communication is really difficult for a lot of people yeah with your reaction I know you mentioned it was about five months that it's been that it was ongoing for really seriously. How long did it take since from the moment you got the injection to feel a change or to notice there was anything wrong? Uh, so when I um, had it, I felt okay. I went home. We were probably a little bit tired, um, and that, but it wasn't for. It was about a week after I got really bad stomach cramps, and I thought I got food poisoning. And then my husband, he had got, he was not feeling very good either, but then he realized it was from a supplement he was taking. So it wasn't 
food and because I went and um, got tested and everything and it wasn't food poisoning and and he found out what was causing him to not feel feeling well so it wasn't related um I was in bed sick for a good four to five days um and then from there I just got really fatigued like I just didn't come right from that and then like my legs felt like they were weight weighed down by lead weights like I really it was so hard to put one foot in front of the other um so those were my first sort of symptoms that I had um and then it went from there to like I I was really shaky like I was constantly shaking I had really bad um joint pain throughout my body especially my wrists um my fingers, my knees, my ankles, and my tailbone. Like I was having like huge issues with my tailbone. I still am, to be honest. Um, and like there was, um, I was trying to work like before the mandates came in and I was trying to pick up a bobby pin doing a wedding and I I lost my, what, what do you call it, your hand-eye coordination, I guess you'd call it. And I couldn't pick up a bobby pin. And it took me so long to do this wedding. And I got really... I ended up nearly making her run late because I was... Every bobby pin I was having trouble picking up. Um, And then I drove home in tears. I was just like, what is going on? Um, And so I still hadn't sort of pinpointed it at that point. Like, I was just like, yes, something's not right with me, but, you know, I'm... I wasn't sure. Um, And then I was having like, like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it felt like someone was squeezing my heart like really, really tight and then it would just like let go and it would take my breath away and it would actually wake me up in the middle of the night. And then I was getting like real tight chest um, and heart palpitations. So I started freaking out and I went and got a, a watch to track my heart rate and that sort of thing. But... It was higher than because I I normally have low blood pressure, so it was a bit higher, but not crazy like from what others I've read. So I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I went to the doctor and he was like, "I think it's anxiety," and I do struggle with a little bit of anxiety, especially like with me putting myself out of my comfort zone with work. Mm. Um, so I do get a little bit like I just done the Hair and Beauty Expo up in Auckland. I did a look and learn there. And that for me was really pushing me out of my comfort zone. So I had, that was before the jab, but like I was feeling like I was a little bit anxious from that. But then I was like, no, this this just feels a little bit different. Like it's not the same. Um, but he did put me on anti-anxiety medication. Um, and then I did say to him, like, I, th- I think it's from the jab and he was like no no like I think because I was one of the I was quite early in that um stage so it was September October and people I'd only ever heard about two injuries at that time that was the main ones it was Casey oh yes um and Roseanne from Tauranga yeah so I found them and I was like Theirs was so bad, like, compared to mine. And I was just like, I'm so lucky that this is all I've got. Because mm-hmm. um, Casey's in a wheelchair with severe neurological oh issues. But she's still battling, trying to get 
doctors and people to recognise. I and, know. Um, well, I actually think it was One News as well did a horrible, horrible mm. piece on on Casey where they basically put out to people who complained about how they tried to demonise her um, and they basically said, oh, we haven't had doctors confirm what it is for us. So pretty much kind of accusing her of faking it. Yeah, and I'm going, this is a young girl who was living an f- amazingly full life. Yeah. Now she's in a wheelchair with ticks and neurological problems and... Yeah you're trying to accuse her of something. I just think people are so cold and so vicious. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I I truly feel for her. And I know she's just been gaslit from all the medical, like the hospital and everything like that. I'm lucky with my doctor because I went the second time and I sort of said a bit more about what was going on like and other things. I was having like this pins and needles tingling in my head. Um and I was like, this is weird. I've never had this before. Um, and then it would go into like an allergic reaction and I would have to take like an um, antihistamine to stop it because I would start coming up in welts all over my body. And luckily, wow. the first time that happened, we were actually parked outside um, a pharmacy. So I got my son to run into my husband and be like, can you get um, mama antihistamine and he was the only one that knows which one I can take because another one actually puts me in anaphylaxis (laughs) so I've been in hospital for that before um so I grabbed he got that took it and I was okay but then it kept happening more and more from there um my memory loss so I broke my neck when I was 20 off a horse (laughs) just ripped on myself (laughs) Smooth. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Broke your neck. Sorry. Terrible timing. Yeah. So I, I had a really bad head injury from that. And for a year, it took me a long time to like with my memory. And so I had to go to like learn how to be and like do normal things again, sort of thing. Um, And so it really felt like I had my head injury back again. That was like the best way to describe it. So my memory loss was, short-term memory loss was really bad. I would be in a conversation with someone and then I'd just go like into La La Land and be like, what was I talking about? And like my husband was forever having to like prompt me on what I was talking about. Um, And I still like, to this day, I still forget now on some of the symptoms that I had, like I've got, I've actually got it written down because I had to do that for my doctor. I had to just keep writing down everything that was happening because I would forget otherwise. Um, so, yeah, my speech, like I'd slur and not be able to say the right words and that sort of thing, my, the memory loss and um, forgetting my conversation. Um, So that's when we went back to the doctor again because I was like, whoa, this is serious. Like, I can't even live a normal life at the moment. I was, another thing that my husband noticed, like I uh, messaged him last night. I was like, what were the main things you noticed? And he was like, especially patience with the kids. Like I just, I was real short and snappy and towards him and digital kids. And I just, I couldn't cook dinner. Like I just, my, yeah, the concentration and I would just I'd be doing it and then I'll just go off and just wow. you know so it had real mental implications then oh, as well definitely. yeah 
So I took my husband to the doctor this time because I was like, I I need him to listen to me. Um, The doctor to listen to you? Yeah, Yeah. because I felt like he wasn't at the time. Um, And all I did, and that's when the mandates were coming in as well, and I was getting really upset that I was not going to be able to work, and I was almost going... I'm just, I just need to go get the second one so I can keep working because I love my job. And so that was really hard. Like that was one of the, actually the hardest things for me was to give up working. And people say to me, oh, it was your choice. I'm like, what? Is it my choice to maybe have something further, like more further injury and get sicker just so I can work? Like, but then I probably won't be able to work. So mm. like, come on. Um So my husband spoke for me at this doctor's appointment. I just cried the entire time I cried. Um, And so then the doctor then sort of went straight to like, oh, you're depressed. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I wouldn't be depressed if I wasn't having to give my job up and cancel hundreds of brides. Well, not hundreds, but, you know, Mm. between 50 to – because I probably do about 50 to 70 weddings a year – um, and you are you are definitely probably one of the, the very best in New Zealand when it comes to if, if not the best in New Zealand when it comes to doing wedding here. Oh, so no, you are, you are. So for these brides, they'd be so excited, and it would mean so much to them as well that it would be heartbreaking for it you was having for a to lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and having to deal with all the emotions of going through all of that. Mm. You, I felt bad. I oh, really you, felt yeah. bad. I gave the. Um, booking fees back because I was like I can't hold on to this like this is so I had to give thousands of dollars back as well so I was just watching my account just dwindle to nothing and I'm like oh my gosh and I've got no way to sort of up that really so um, and it's like if you could have gone and gotten the second one without having potentially like life threatening or life complicating issues you would have but the reality is it wasn't clearly that's safe for you. Well, yeah, and I wasn't going to risk my health and not be there for my children. Like, that for me is my main priority. Um, so I couldn't do that to them either. Like, mm. yeah, and my husband had to step up big time. So he runs his own business, and then he was having to come home. He does the washing mainly anyway, but... <laughs> He's really good like that. Um, but he was having to do the washing, the cooking. We were eating a lot of takeaways because I couldn't mm. do it. Like I didn't, I couldn't even chop stuff because my hands were buggered. Um, and yeah, he was having to be there for the kids so much more and work a full-time job and run his business. And I felt useless. Like that kind of made me feel really sad too because I just, I'm quite a... I'm, I would say I'm a driven person. I, I'm not okay with just sitting where I am and just being okay with that. Like I always want to push myself and push my business. And um, so that was really hard. Um, but yeah, the doctor ended up putting me on antidepressants and I was on them for five months and I've actually recently come off them because um, they numbed me. Like my creativity disappeared uh, I would normally work on my mannequins, doing tutorials and stuff like that. And for five months, I stopped um, stopped posting on Instagram. I just had to have a break from, like, I couldn't concentrate on it anyway. But I just, I needed to give my hands a rest. They tried mm. to say it was carpal tunnel. It's not. 
um, because now the pain's gone from my wrist. I was about to have surgery. I was booked in to have surgery for on my wrist in April. Wow. And my mum had a fall and broke her hip and her hand. So I cancelled it. But I'm kind of glad I did because I don't think I need it now. It's actually more in my fingers. Yeah. Um, so did the doctor ever, did your doctor, after your husband spoke to him, did he ever come back and say, yes, I think it is an injury? He did. He started, I think he saw more people coming in at that point and he was just, he he woke up from it. And But he did say to me, he's like, my hands are tied. If I speak out, I lose my job. So I understand that. And mm. to be honest, I'd rather him be my doctor then speak out because I needed him like at that time. Um, I I can't I I I hear that and I yeah. understand, but the problem is there are so many doctors and firefighters because they go to the scenes of a lot of accidents and nurses that all know how wrong this is, and yet they keep not speaking up, and I that's know. the problem because actually if they did actually say hey there's an issue with this particular product it needs to be revisited the formula needs to be rethought. You don't know how many lives you could save and how much damage could have been prevented. And that instead, was me being selfish. <laughs> no, 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 but it's not on yeah. you, not on you at all. I no. think this is what makes me so frustrated with the whole medical council in general and how they've tried to persecute doctors for saying we are a little bit concerned about how quick this has all happened. Yeah, because it's not they're obviously not anti-vaxxers if they're doctors and nurses. Mm. They're just concerned about the formula, which mm. is perfectly reasonable. But yeah. yet they're being treated so badly by the entire system and I I just think it's corrupt and it's wrong Mm. something's gone very very wrong and I think the problem you've got now is even if the medical council and the medical boards manage to pull everything back the trust has been lost in the system by so many people to such a severe extent that you don't know how much long-term damage you've actually caused on the entire medical field yeah yeah no I understand that yeah um, the good thing was like he then put me through to his nurse mm. who she was going to walk out of her job if she had to get either the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca. But she went on, I can't even remember what it was Novavax? called. Novavax? No, Is it that one? there's another one. That, Journa? Johnson & Johnson? It's not even known. It's some, okay. It's basically, it's not an mRNA type one. Yeah. Um, and it was just a trial. I think it's more like New Zealand. I'm, I've probably okay. got it written down somewhere. I think there is a New Zealand company that are bringing out their own one. I can't remember the name of them. But yeah, but she had that and she managed to get an exemption to keep it, stay at work. Um, but it was only for her age group. So she was like, you can't even do this because it's not for your age group. Mm. Um, but she was very, she was like, none of my family are having it. She was very anti Sounds really bad, Auntie. Yeah. Um, but she just didn't trust it. Um, yeah. And that's a nurse, like, and she's a really good nurse. Like, I've, I really like her. So, um, but she talked every, through everything with me. My doctor became, he, he was really good and understanding and he really helped me through everything. But yeah, the, I think it was okay to go on those antidepressants for that time. But then I kind of needed to find myself again and I wasn't going to staying on them because I was quite happy just sitting on the couch, mm. binging Netflix, eating <laughs> potato chips. I mm. think they, they're definitely good for some people. I know there's a lot of talk about antidepressants and about addressing the root of problems, but I've mm. also had a lot of friends with bad mental health problems that have really needed them to pull them out of a really dark place. Yeah. But 
most of my friends still battle with the same concept. It's like, okay, they can, they can help pull you out, but it's hard to stay on them forever. Mm. But some people I think definitely need to, and other people can just be saved from that dark place and then transition off them. And it's it's difficult, isn't it, whenever you're playing with chemicals and your body and trying to see how it'll work and how yeah. your body's going to adjust to it. I know. But I was also struggling with like some relationships in my family as well. So that was quite hard hitting on me as well. So with me and my mum, she just, she didn't believe. She was like, oh, it's all your underlying conditions. And I'm like, mum, I don't think endometriosis has any part of underlying conditions, you know, that's making me feel this way. Um, and the other thing I have is IBS. So, um, but usually endometriosis and IBS goes hand in hand. Um, and I'd already had a hysterectomy for that. So I'm Mm. like, um, it's not related. Um, so me and mum, she basically then called me, oh, you must be an anti-vaxxer now is what her thing. And my mum's not an opinionated person. She's actually a very quiet um, she would never say, I don't think you should do that. Or like if I say to her, mum, what do you think I should do for that? She'll be like, I don't know, you do whatever you want, dear. What has like, impacted her to get her to say things like that to you? Um, she is, she 100% loves Jacinda and trusts every word that comes out of her mouth. So there's, it's still very... Um, awkward with me and her because like throughout the protest and stuff and I was showing her screenshots of your live streams to be like this is what actually happened with the police like showing what was happening like you know these people just standing there quietly and then just getting ripped out like and I was like the media is not showing you this and she sat there quietly and she watched it but she didn't acknowledge it um because I think she thought I was lying or just I don't know I don't know what what her it's the justification though I this is what the feedback that I've had from a lot of people and I find it interesting because I you know I sit on planes and talk to people beside me and and things like that as well but it was that whole narrative of oh they deserved it because they shouldn't be there Mm. you know like that that's the one thing that came in a lot was like oh they shouldn't be there and they deserved it I don't think brutality should ever be acceptable though I know we've got the um the independent police complaints authority looking into what they did to me and my partner Jake and Mm. um, that's one case that they actually can follow through on because we've got so many so many angles of it and so much detail there but for so many people, it was really hard to even get the footage to show. And I think that's why we were so dedicated to stay because after that first Thursday, it was like, well, so many people have access to what we were doing that I was worried if we left, so many people wouldn't get to see them be violent if it happened again. Yeah. It was almost like you felt like you had to kind of protect people by being yeah. there. But it's it's a tough one, isn't it? And then you become known as that person that was just a live streamer at the protest, you know. That's kind of your, your angle now. So it's it's an interesting, mm. an interesting world we live in. Yeah. And I mean, I've been called an anti-vaxxer, I think, by quite a few people. And it's funny because I'm like, well, I've never actually spoken out about any vaccines ever. 
No, I've, I've never, I've never been part of it. The conversation, never looked into them. It was never a thing. Mm. I just wanted to look at some of the data coming out from around the world, and I wanted to be able to talk about it and ask questions. Yeah. And the minute you start doing that, they just label you and then try to discredit you. But, it, but yeah, it, it's a funny one. They mm. still can't really find very much that we've ever said, which I love because I didn't. I don't go out and say lots of things. I don't say that I think it's this or I think it's that. I just, it, I just like to acknowledge the reactions that people have mm. and the concerns people have. Yeah. Well, I know that. Like my elderly neighbour, she she came over one day and her and her husband and we were just talking in our garage actually and they said to us straight out, have you been vaccinated? And me and my husband looked at each other and we were like, oh gosh, here we go. Like mm. we were afraid and... um. My son was like, oh, I've had one. And then um, so I then just said, look, I've had one, but I've had a really bad reaction and I won't be having any more because I was worried that they didn't want to be in the same. Because, you know, elderly people are quite afraid. Mm. Um, But then she spoke out and she said, I have not been well since having it. And she just started crying like she was Mm. frightened. And she just got gaslit by her doctor as well. Um, and then I found out there's a few more in our street that were the same. Um, my own sister. So she was a bit tired after the first one. She had her second one and she's been like, it's like she hasn't got rid of a flu since she had it. The fatigue, she spent a lot of time in bed and my sister's a real go-getter. She's an adrenaline junkie. You were saying earlier they used to do professional water sports, right? Yeah. Is that one of those sisters? Yeah. Yeah, well, she was New Zealand champion back in the day. Wow. Okay. For water skiing. Is that, yeah, yeah, far out. Yeah, she was fast, but she has no fear. Um, She's crazy. She's amazing, but she's crazy. But um, crazy in a good way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, she got really, really sick. And I think because me speaking out and being like, I'm not, I'm not feeling okay. And then she's like, well, I haven't been feeling really good. And she started getting same issues like with her hands as well her knees, her hips. She was like an old person. She's the one that's like at the gym, going snowboarding every season. Like she rode, did motocross. She did mountain biking. She doesn't mountain bike anymore because she can't. She's just got no energy for it. Um, And then I've had other people reach out to me from, I told my story. It got to December last year and something just in me clicked and I was like, I need to do a video. And so I recorded myself and just like told what was going on with me and everything and I posted it onto my Instagram because you know I had at the time I think about 30,000 followers um so I kind of I wanted people to just understand and be like there is something there is a risk like there's a risk in everything but this is more of it because it's happening to too many people you know Um, and I had so many reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, like some say, said that they'd lost their baby, um, or quite a few of them. Others reached out to me with heart issues and everything. And some, a lovely lady who have, we chat sometimes now, but her dad passed away, um, over in England from it. Um, and she had to try and get back there and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, so many people reached mm. out to me. It was really heartbreaking um, just listening to everyone's stories and so many thanking me for just 
even posting it really. So It takes a lot of courage to do what you've done, especially with a big audience and putting yourself out there. And I've seen people do it and they can get attacked. But then also, I think the vast majority of people are reasonable and they're saying, if this is your story, who am I to actually try and demean that for you and mm. diminish that for you? Um, but you will always have those people. That oh, are, you I know, definitely like, had it, yeah. yeah. Um, I lost thousands of followers throughout that time from posting um, just stuff that, for me, was I, that was I was living in my moment. That was me. It was affecting me directly. So I was posting that because that was it was about me. And people would say, "Oh, you shouldn't post that on your uh, business page." And I'm like, "But this is affecting my life. This is affecting my business. This is why I'm not doing what I love to do." Um, it affected friendships, like and everything. So even posting that video, I really rattled some feathers with my friends um so as in they weren't supportive of what you've been through well I just don't think they understood and like I probably took it a little bit to heart at the time and I just sort of shut them out of my life and I was just like I don't want anything to do with them because they're not believing me and it really hurt and I spent a lot of time crying to be honest um and it wasn't one of my friends eventually like my best friend she reached out to me and She's like, I just, I need to, we need to talk this out because this is not okay. Like we've been friends since we were five and But yeah. why is she reacting like that to your personal journey and story? This is what concerns me is that there's been so much propaganda to tell people to hate anyone that speaks out. I don't think got, she hate. I think I, for her, yeah. that one, I think I took things too much to heart with her. Yeah. So, and just a couple of little things she may have said, I probably took in the wrong way. So we really talked it out and we cried it out for over about an hour and we sort of managed to, you know, and then we decided, okay, her views are her views, my views are mine, and we just don't really talk about it anymore. Mm. Um, and she said to me, like, it's not that I don't believe you, like, it, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit forgetful. Sometimes I think those hard things I kind of shut out of my brain as well. Um, and then there was other friends as well, like um, that at the time she was like, I think you should get a second opinion. And then she later on said to me, I don't, well, I didn't mean it that way. And I was like, well, that's the way it came across. And that's how I read it. Um, and it really, it's really affected our friendship. Um, so we used to talk every day and we don't really anymore. So I noticed, like, even probably this will if, stir something up. I don't know. Like, just so, having the conversation, isn't it? Especially, yeah. Because yeah. this yeah. is just how I felt and how I saw things. And, yeah, I may have overreacted with some things, but that's just sometimes you just take things that way, and especially when you're messaging because we don't really talk in person. It was more over messages. Very easy to get misconstrued. Yeah. yeah. And then I noticed that, so I know this sounds silly, but I know she wasn't seeing any of my stories. I'm like, that's weird because she normally watches my stories, but she unfollowed me. And um, so I unfollowed her. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I took that to her. I was like, I'm going to unfollow you. So, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty big two problems, isn't it? Childish, I know. <laughs> And But then I defriended her on Facebook as well because I was like, well, I don't want you seeing any of my personal stuff then if that's how you feel, like if you're not liking what I'm posting at the moment. Um, and then, 
yeah, that uh, that was just really messy, and it probably still is because I haven't really spoken to her for a long time, and I'm scared to almost yeah. like I just don't know how to move on from there. It's mm. really difficult the impact it's had on friendships. I mean, I know for me, you know, <laughs> quite far out there now in yeah. terms of how much I've spoken up and talked with people and definitely lost friends. But I think that I think what affected me more than that, I mean, that that's fine. But I think that's the friends that watched what happened up in Wellington, saw my dad get arrested, saw mm. us get assaulted and never said anything. Yeah, that that probably affects me more so. And I had one friend, um, yeah, and and it's just it's just interesting. It's like, well, regardless of if you agree or disagree with a friend's decisions, if their father gets arrested in a way that was so awful, yeah, surely you'd reach out and be like, hey, is your dad is your dad okay? okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. So it does, but it but also I just I find the whole situation so sad because the only reason why your friends are acting like that to you. This is my opinion anyway. I could be completely wrong. The reason why I, I see it is because of how the media have treated people mm. and how they've demonised people and how Jacinda's pushed for it. And I think, mm. and, and it does come down to her and her public interest journalism fund and all this stuff, but she's tried to divide our country to such a severe extent and people have brought it hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And it is unnecessary and it doesn't need to happen regardless of how much you disagree with someone, have a conversation with them mm. and don't assume that you know everything and just actually have a chat and be open to it. And the silencing of people will be the degradation, I think, of our society because you can't grow if no one's allowed to talk. And I think there's so many examples of this happening all around and the Free Speech Union is a good one to follow to understand what they're doing and why. But it's across so many different areas now. It's not just vaccinations it's not just medical choices it's so many different areas where people feel like they're not allowed to have a different opinion mm. and that's what concerns me more than anything yeah well I've lost um brides because you know stuff that I was posting on Instagram and they're like oh your values don't align with mine mm. and so they've cancelled me and I'm like it doesn't matter if you have different value like this I was it's my health like how is that different values like I that's yeah I don't quite understand that like yeah I was probably posting a little bit to do with the the protest and other stuff which which was going on at the time but for me I would never judge someone and be like I'm not doing your wedding because you believe in this or you believe in that like and that's not my value so I'm not going to do your wedding so you don't talk about that stuff. I don't go to a wedding and sit there and preach about my <laughs> what I believe and what I don't believe. Or your injury. You don't sit there yeah, and preach no, about your I injury. Don't. I have had one wedding, it was quite cute, where they asked me and they all sat around a little like circle around me and they, they actually wanted to know. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry because I know this person that's had it and this person, you know. Mm. And it was this was at a wedding and I wasn't trying to... I didn't start it. They started it and they wanted to actually know. And I thought that was really sweet. So um, just that human decency, isn't it? And kindness to be mm. like, hey, are you OK? And just acknowledge what you've been through. Yeah. It's like story time with your mana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, I'd be up for that. <laughs> Champagne and strawberries. <laughs> yeah. Story time with the <laughs>
I know. So, yeah, I still get lots of people asking me and I even get people emailing me saying, I've seen your story and, like, I actually have people wanting to book me because they've seen my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really sweet. So they're obviously trying to, like, support and reach out. and But, yeah, I've decided that, like, next season I'm just not going to take on as many weddings because... I don't think I could physically do it anymore um, because I was doing like three to four weddings a week um, and it's full on, like especially some mornings it's like 4am starts and then you're doing that every, I'd say three days running sort of thing. It's it's crazy. So I've had to really take a step back and go, I need to look after myself now because even though I've gotten better, um, I'm not 100%, but I also think my my mentality has helped because I've gone, I'm not going to let this injury define me. I'm not going to let it take me down that rabbit hole. Um, Cause it, I did for a while. I have to admit, like I was researching and I was reading everyone's comments on like news hub and stuff like that. I had to actually delete news hub, everything because it, I was just going so far down into this dark hole And then I had to just like one day go, stop it. And then now I'm just like focusing on myself again. I'm focusing, trying to get my body healthy and fit again because I've, you know, I've, my body has suffered um, weight as well, like because I haven't done anything. I didn't have the energy. So for me, I'm just really pushing to get out that other side. And I don't think I'll ever be 100%, but. I think if you think positively, it's going to help you just move. You're not going to forget, but just move on with your life and just try and be the best person you can be. Mm. I love that. That's Mm. so beautiful. And I I love what you said about not letting it define you. Yeah. Because it can be such a mentally toxic and draining thing when you're constantly surrounded by more talk of what could go wrong and all of this. And well, I had to get off um, the threads um, yeah. of because there's thousands of people on those threads and I just had to get off and be like, I can't just keep reading. As much as I'm, I feel really sad for them and that I just can't keep doing that mm. to myself and I just had to try and find myself again and that was the biggest part is finding me again so because I was just I wasn't a pleasant person to be around to be honest and I know that now at the time I was just taking everything to heart and I was just like you're mean and you're mean like you know and then but I didn't really stop to think well how am I behaving so I don't think I was being that nice either so It's very difficult, isn't it, when you're going through physical and emotional trauma and your body just, and mentally, your body, you just don't cope the same way. No. You just don't. But I think you're very, very strong and very courageous and brave for speaking out as much as you have and for supporting people as much as you have because it is a difficult thing to do in a difficult environment to place yourself in for negative attention as well. And Mm. the mental weight of negative attention can be extreme and can be really heavy. So thank you. And thank you so much for chatting with me. I know everyone's going to love listening to you and love hearing your story. So I really appreciate it. RCR with Chantal Baker, Reality Check Radio.